0: Like I already own it and Standing on top Cause I earned this moment I took what was mine Now I won't let go of it Cause I'm a hustler Yeah I'm a hustler Cause I'm a hustler Yeah I'm a hustler I didn't Hello again everybody, this is Gary Roth with the Blue Collar Consulting Group. Let me just say how excited and happy I am to uh, have you guys, uh, have everyone on the show. Uh, I know it's been a while since I've been on. I would apologize, but hey, sometimes life goes on. Uh, As probably some of you know, this podcast of mine, while it's very important to me, is also a side hustle. I'm an active duty soldier, I leverage my 21 years of military experience sales and marketing and leadership and all that stuff and if you don't live your life <laughs> if you don't live your life it's hard to leverage experiences and that again i am very much anti 22 year old life coaches and so today uh, we're going to be talking about managing oneself and if you know anything about peter drucker he died in 05 at like 95 years old dude's awesome he was uh, austrian born uh, came to America a long, long time ago. He was a management consultant, educator, author. There are some uh, business leaders that credit him with the practical foundation of the Modern Business Corporation. He was also a leader in like uh, management education. And he also was kind of well-known for a concept that is called management by objectives and self-control. So he is also described as the founder of Modern Management. And so I have a lot of notes here uh, there's a very large article that uh, he wrote talking about managing oneself, and it was included in the Harvard Business Rules 10 must-reads uh, that was published It boy, I think it was maybe 2018. I'd have to look at the date on it. I've got some notes here. And so um, I am going to put these books, this is a 2010, oh, never mind, I'm going to put these books in. Uh, the links to these books in the show notes, I would encourage you to read it. I Yes, I would encourage you to read it. It's going to be a really big deal. Uh, what Peter Drucker said is that history's great achievers, Napoleon, Da Vinci, Mozart, they've always managed themselves. Now, that in large measure is what makes them great achievers, if we're being honest. But they are rare exceptions, so unusual both their talents, their accomplishments as to be considered, you know, outside the boundaries of ordinary human existence. Now most of us, even uh, those of us with modest endowments, will have to learn to manage ourselves. We have to learn to develop ourselves, our skills, our talents, our abilities. We have to place ourselves where we can make the greatest contribution. I think that's a major flaw that a lot of us make. We put ourselves in disadvantageous situations. Why? And we will have to stay mentally alert and engaged during you know, our 50-year working life, maybe 60 these days, which means knowing how and when to change the work that we do. Now, we know from years past that people would stay, for, stay with a company for 40 years, get a gold watch and retire on the company's pension. Things don't work that way. You got people switching jobs every year now. And I think sometimes it's important to balance that. you got to know when to leave, but you got to know when to be loyal to. You know, something to think about. What are your strengths? You know, most people know what they are good at. They are usually wrong. More often, people know what they are not good at. And even then, more people are wrong than right. And yet, a person can perform only from strength. One cannot build performance on weaknesses, let alone on something One cannot even do it all. Throughout history, people had little need to know their strengths. A person was born into a position in a line of work. The peasant's son would also be a peasant. The artisan's daughter, an artisan's wife, and so on. But nowadays, as you well know, people have more choices than ever. We need to know our strengths in order to know where we belong. And that's not to be a condescending statement. That should be liberating. Don't work where you don't belong. It's pretty simple. Or if you have to work where you don't belong, don't work there for long just so you can get to where you belong. The only way to discover your strengths is through feedback analysis. Whenever you make a key decision or take a key action, write down what you will expect will happen. Guys I'm tell- guys and gals, I'm telling you, I've been journaling for years and it's it's been incredible. You, you have to journal. Uh, you have to write these things down. You have to be able to provide yourself that feedback. You know, 9, 10, 11, 12 months later, compare the actual results with your expectations. Now, you know, Peter Drucker practiced this for decades. And every time he did it, he was surprised. The feedback analysis showed him, for instance, and to his great surprise, that he had an intuitive understanding of technical people, whether they were engineers or accountants or market researchers. But it also shows that he doesn't really resonate with generalists. So feedback analysis is nothing new. Uh, It was invented sometime in the 14th century by an otherwise totally obscure German theologian and picked up quite independently some 150 years later by John Calvin and Ignatius of Loyola, each of whom incorporated into the practice of his followers. In fact, the steadfast focus on performance and results that this habit produces probably explains why the institution of these two men, the uh, the Calvinist Church and the Jesuit Order, came to dominate Europe within like 30 years now practice consistently this simple method will show you within a fairly short period of time maybe two or three years where your strengths lie and this is the most important thing to know the method will show you what you are doing or failing to do uh, that deprives you of the full benefits of your strengths which that's something we could all benefit from it will show you where you are not particularly competent and finally, it will show you where you have no strengths and cannot perform. Several implications. In fact, the steadfast focus on performance and results that this habit produces probably explains why these institutions that the men founded, the Calvinist Church and the Jesuit Order, came to dominate Europe within like 30 years. When this is practically, excuse me, practiced consistently, uh, this very simple method will show you in a very short period of time, maybe two or three years, where your strengths are. Notice I said two or three years. This is not something that's just going to happen overnight. Although you might get some insight and in breakthroughs, but for this to be permanent and lasting, it's going to take some time. Please be patient. And knowing where your strengths are at, this is really the most important thing to know. The method of feedback will show you that you are do- what you are doing, failing to do, and all the other things, especially on the negative side, that's depriving you of the full benefits of your strengths. It'll show you where you're not really that good, not particularly competent, and it will also show you where you have no strengths and can't perform at all. Wouldn't that be nice to know? How much time do we waste working on or in things that we are terrible at? Chances are it's more than a few minutes. Now, several implications for action follow from your feedback analysis. Okay, first and foremost, concentrate on your strengths. Now, you've heard this before. I know that you've heard this before. And Peter Drucker spoke about this decades ago. Okay? Focusing on your strengths is the right thing to do. Hire your weaknesses. If you're not an accountant, fine. So what? Hire an accountant. If you're not a graphic designer, fine. Hire a graphic designer. But you need to triple down. Gary Vaynerchuk is really, really big on tripling down on your strengths. And just, you know, as we'll kind of get into here, just just cover down enough on your weaknesses to where they're not a massive liability. Put yourself, okay, put yourself in a position where you can succeed. Put your strengths where they can be applied. All right? If you're an excellent communicator, don't work in an office by yourself. Get in front of people. Get on a podcast. Get a YouTube channel, whatever the case may be, but put your strengths where they can produce results. Uh, Secondly, work on improving your strengths. That's right. When I say triple down, you need to improve on what you're good at. If you're good at it, become great at it. Uh, Feedback analysis will rapidly, and I mean rapidly, show you where you need to improve skills or acquire new ones. It will also show the gaps in your knowledge And let's be honest, those can usually be filled. I mean, mathematicians are born, sure, but everybody can learn algebra, right? I'm not saying you have to be an accountant, but you should know basic business accounting principles. You don't have to be an attorney, but maybe a few points of business law would be helpful. Uh, Third and finally, let's talk about intellectual arrogance. This, a lot of times, produces uh, disabling ignorance, and we're going to need to overcome that. There's way too many people, especially people with great expertise in one area that are contemptuous of knowledge in other areas and simply believe that you know being bright is a substitute for knowledge. Now, for instance, let's take like a first-rate engineer. They take great pride in not knowing anything about people. Human beings, they sometimes believe, are much too disorderly for the good engineering mind. Now, human resources professionals. For instance, pride themselves on their ignorance of elementary accounting and quantitative methods altogether. But taking such pride in such ignorance is really self-defeating. Go to work on acquiring the skills and the knowledge you need to fully realize your strengths. I'm not saying try to erase your weaknesses, because that won't happen. They're weaknesses for a reason. They're gonna last a while. But you can always triple down on your strengths. You can learn enough on your weaknesses to get by so that you don't look like an idiot, look like a fool. Now, it is equally essential to remedy your bad habits. The things that you do or fail to do that really kind of slow down or inhibit your effectiveness and your performance. Now, such habits will quickly show up in the feedback if you're honest. For example, a planner may find that his beautiful plans fail because he does not follow through on them. Like so many Freaking brilliant people. He believes that ideas are just going to move mountains. But what he doesn't realize, it's bulldozers that move mountains. Ideas just show where the bulldozers should go to work. The planner will have to learn that the work does not stop when the plan is completed. He must find people to carry out the plan and explain it to them. He must adapt and change as he puts his beautiful plan into action. And finally, he's going to have to know when to say stop. He's going to have to know when to stop pushing that plan. And let me tell you, that's not always easy. But managing yourself, your feedback analysis, writing things down, exploring successes and failures internally, that's going to give you that insight to grow every single day, every single year. Now, let's be honest. Feedback will also reveal when the problem is a lack of manners. Okay? I'm going to get personal. Manners are the lubricant of an organization. All right, It's the oil of that organizational engine. Now, it's a law of nature that two bodies in contact with each other create friction. Human beings are no different. This is something, look, this is something I struggle with. And it seems like sometimes the more knowledge I get, the more rank I get, the better positions I get in the army, I have a little bit of trouble with manners. I have a little bit of trouble with being patient with folks. This is this is a confession. This is a confessional now. Peace be with you. And so when you look at manners as the lubricating oil of the machine, that should change the way you think about how you work with people because it's not about being a punk It's not about being less than. It's not about being disrespected. Manners are that lubricating oil that gets everything moving together with less friction, less breakdowns, and so forth. So, it's the simplest things. Please, thank you, knowing a person's name, asking about their family. This enables people to work together whether they like each other or not. I mean... A lot of the, in the army is like tradition, order, and structure that allow many different groups to come together, a sort of uh, unifying effort. Everybody is green, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, that helps a lot. But even more so now, there's a big emphasis on effective communication, effective praise, you know, positive feedback, you know, analysis without, you know, derogatory comments. There's a lot of that stuff that... um you know, kind of works together to keep the army machine moving. And if soldiers in the, in the military can freaking get along, I'm pretty sure you can too. It's really just a matter of manners. Now, bright people, especially those young, intelligent, amazing people, they often don't really understand this. Uh, if analysis shows that someone's brilliant work fails again and again, as soon as you need cooperation from someone else, My guess is it's a lack of courtesy. Peter Drucker's guess is it's a lack of manners. And I think that's probably where you need to take a look. Now, comparing your expectations with your results also indicates what not to do. We all have a vast number of areas in which we have no talent or skill and little chance of becoming even mediocre. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. He could spend hours working on his jump shot working on his basketball stuff but he is just not gonna make it to the NBA. It's just that's not who he is. He can play a lot of basketball he can have a lot of fun. unfortunately he is just not made to be in the NBA not even becoming mediocre in those areas where you just you know you're not good like me I'm not good at basketball either um, you know I'm not good at graphic design I, I it's okay I'm okay with that. I'm not going to take on these things where I'm no good. And so in those areas where a person, and especially a knowledge worker, should not take on work, jobs, and assignment, one should waste as little effort as possible on improving areas of low competence. If you just don't understand math, don't spend a lot of time trying to improve your, your knowledge of it. Instead, find where you're already good. Triple down on that. Study math, sure, understand it, grab a functional knowledge of it, but don't spend hours and days and years trying to become something you're not going to become. Because it takes far more energy and work to improve from competence to mediocrity than it takes to improve from first-rate performance to excellence, from good to great. And yet most people, especially teachers and most organizations, concentrate on making incompetent performers into mediocre ones. Remember, Peter Drucker said this decades ago. Energy, resources, and time. They should go into making a person that's already pretty good into a star performer. It's like, what's your best pitch? Work on that pitch. What's your best program? Master that program. So it's just, it's really a matter of focus. Uh, Mark Manson has the uh, the you know, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F-U-C-K book, and it really is the same thing. He he uses the word give a F-U-C-K instead of value, but it's the same term. You know, you have to use caution where you put your values. Take a look at the things that you've done. Write down the things that you are doing, and it will tell you what things you should do in the future. Give yourself an honest, sober self-assessment, and then just do what you're good at. Just do what you're good at. Because you will find that you will be happier. You will be even a higher performer. Things will work out for you. You'll be happier. You'll be more satisfied. You'll be all the things you're trying to be. And no matter where you're at, I mean, just, just be great at what you're good at. All right? Just be great. Listen, I'd like to thank you for tuning into today's episode. Uh, again, I would encourage you to read uh, anything that the HBR pulls out, puts out, the uh, Harvard Business Review. Uh, I'll send a link to this Managing Yourself series of books on Amazon. I would encourage you to pick them up. They're very good, very readable, and they've done all the hard work of finding all the good people. So that's that's pretty awesome. I'm really glad that you stuck around. Uh, you can look on Twitter at Blue underscore Leadership. If you'd like to follow and interact with me on Twitter, I'm on there daily. I'm also on Instagram daily, at Blue Collar Consulting. That's all one word, Blue Collar Consulting. If you'd like motivational graphics with a military theme and some wise advice, I am on there several times per day. Of course, you can follow Blue Collar Consulting Group on Facebook and pretty much everywhere else. Listen, I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. I'd love to know where you're listening from. If you are listening to this, leave a comment on the platform. Hopefully, I can see it. And if you need to get a hold of me, gary at bluecollarconsultinggroup.com is where I can be emailed. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys are having an awesome time out there. And remember, sober self-assessment. Take a good hard look at yourself. Tell somebody you love them. And we'll see you on the next one.